0: worship an almighty god. This past uh, uh last week um, I was having a devotion uh with our uh, some of our employees in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 and it says finally brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are good report if there be any virtue and if there be any praise Think on these things. And I'd have to confess to you this morning that after I I read that and and I was supposed to to give a devotion to our employees, God just grabbed my heart and I began to understand that, you know, I have been so focused on the things that is going wrong in our world and, and continually thinking how Satan continues to attack in every way. And it dawned on me, God, I am so sorry. I need to thank you. I need to think on the things that you have done for me and for your uh, your children. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about the power of redemption. It will be in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 and 8 this morning. So this morning, I want to challenge us to to refocus a little bit and to understand that God is an almighty God and he is awesome. Amen? Amen. And that we have to reflect back on on the redemption that he has done for us and that great power that we have in him. So 1 Timothy 2, verse 5 and 6. There is none of God... There's one meeting between God and man and man, uh, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be a test, be testified in due time. Jesus gave his very life on the cross so that you and I could be here this morning and ex- experience the wonderful love of an almighty God. Uh, we're going to be uh, reading our text this morning. Ephesians chapter one. verse seven and eight. And the word of God says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, for the forgiveness of sins according to his riches and grace, wherein he hath abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you have redeemed us. Uh, Lord, and there um, are just so many times that we neglect to just thank you for your awesome power. Lord, fill this room this morning. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. So first of all, I want us to understand that uh, we have to understand the act of redemption. I have to look at my bifocals to get that right. (laughs) There's a Puritan, Thomas Watson, rightly observed that redemption was God's greatest work. Great was the work of creation, but greater the work of redemption. See, it costs more to redeem us than to make us. In one, there is but a speaking of the word, the other was a shedding of blood. John MacArthur said redemption is a term that describes one of the essential features of salvation. It deals specifically with the cost of salvation and the means by which God received payment. The term lutro, in Greek, means to purchase a release by paying a ransom or to deliver by payment the price. To the Greeks, the word was also a technical term for paying money back for a prisoner of war. I heard of this illustration. There's a uh, Dr. Leo Winters uh, from Chicago, and, and um, he was known for uh, his, his uh, skill uh, in surgery and uh, there was an accident, and at 1 o'clock in the morning, uh, he was called. And he hurried and got his things together, and he knew that to go to Chicago, he had the, the fastest route was to go through the bad part of town. But he said that time was of an essence, and so as he drove through that town, and he stopped at a stoplight, his door was yanked open, and a gentleman wearing a gray hat and, and dirty flannel shirt pulled him out of his car the doctor was trying to tell him how the gravity of the situation, that he needed to get to the hospital, but the man wouldn't listen. It took an hour for this doctor to finally get a taxi to pick him up and take him to the hospital. That patient that was in need died 30 minutes prior to his arrival. And as he entered the, the ER, the nurse told him that, uh, that the patient had passed and the father of the son... Uh, is in the chapel, and he doesn't understand why you didn't come to him. The doctor walked into the chapel, and as he walked in, he saw a man with a gray hat and a dirty flannel shirt. So many times in our lives, folks, we push away the very salvation we need. Amen? Amen. We look all around us and we see people that's grieving, seeing people that need a touch from our Heavenly Father to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And they turn the other way. The salvation uh, for his son was stopped. If he had only allowed the doctor to continue, maybe his son's life would have been spared. Countless numbers turn away from the one that can save them through the emptiness, the confusion, hopelessness, and enslavement. But Christ is the Savior we all so desperately need. In spite of the fact that sin ruins our relationships, it wrecks lives and it brings untold pain, misery, and regret. We can't seem to overcome it. Our only hope is Christ, who can redeem us setting us free from the sins, the penalty, and its power in our daily lives. Again, redeem is something is to deliver uh, out of a payment or a ransom. Christ offers to set us free from the bondage of sin through ransom price of his blood. The scripture tells us, In Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Church, there is a price for our redemption. Amen? And there's nothing that we can do in our own strength. It is only through the love of God and through his son, Jesus Christ. That price was freely given to us. Jesus said, the son set us free, you shall be free Indeed. Uh, please take your copy of God's Word and turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 through 21. And that is way too small for me to read. Read. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things become new. All things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And he given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, the God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. And he hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors uh, for Christ, as though God beseech you by us. We pray that you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. (laughs) For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made righteous, righteousness of God in him. Have you stopped and thanked God lately for the relationship you have with him? Christian, there are so many times that we allow the things of this world. We we focus so much on the things that's going on around us. And then we cry out to God for help. And, you know, sometimes we even think, God, why aren't you here? And maybe sometimes we get angry with God. God is always with us. Amen. He has never left us. He is always with us. And in those times when we pull back and turn our way from God, God's love is still with us. And he has the ability uh, to, to move and, and to redeem us at any moment of our lives. He has promised to move in our lives. I preached this uh, last Sunday at uh, our uh, hospital, and um, I had a new individual that was with us. Um, I visited her a couple times in her room, and, and uh, she came to service, and she was um, one of those individuals that's just really cold, Debbie. And I had to keep tucking her um, blanket up around her, her head because she was cold in, in our our chapel. And so we were working back and forth, and I put the wrong song um, up i was wanting to talk about redeemed and, and 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 i was thinking of a particular song and when it came on it was extremely lively and um i thought about pushing and pause and trying to find that song and um man when this group started singing the redeemer it was awesome and i just and so well, I wasn't planned? and so I just, I, I turned, and I watched the, the, this uh, music team uh, sing this song. And then out of the corner of my eye, the little lady that I was tucking up so that she would stay warm, her, both her hands were straight up in the air. And she was worshiping God, worshiping her Redeemer. And then I looked around, and and other folks that uh, was there, they were mouthing the words to this song. They've never seen it before. I I anticipate they didn't. And and they were reading the words on the screen, and I'm just thinking, thank you, God. Church, there is a great blessing when you can experience someone and experience that the Redeemer is who he is, amen? And just to give God praise. That little lady humbled me. In the fact that she was willing to praise God. She didn't care who was around her, she lifted her hands in praise. Church, when's the last time your heart was lifted and thank God for the Redeemer? Matthew twenty twenty eight. Talking about our forgiveness. It says, even as the Son of Man come not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life for a ransom for many. He paid the price for you and I. Not only do we have the Redeemer, but secondly, we have the act of forgiveness. Every one of our sins is covered by the death of Jesus Christ. Amen? How beautiful and wonderful that is. Romans 3.23, for all is sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23, we have heard it so many times that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Oh, how awesome and wonderful it is to know that our sins can be forgiven. Not only are redeemed, we've been bought by Jesus Christ, but he has the ability to forgive our sin. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins to the Father, he is faithful and what? Just. To forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, how so many times we, we, we fail. Oh, let me, I, I forgot, you guys are Bible Baptists, you're perfect. There are many times that I fail, and I have to go before my Father, and I have to get down and say, God, would you forgive me? The scripture tells us if we confess that, that he is just and he will forgive us. Even in those times when I am not following his will, even those times when I choose to sin, God is there ready to say, Luther, I forgive you. How powerful is that that saying that we have, that I forgive you. Those who experience the wonderful forgiveness of God should also forgive those around us. Amen? Amen. How easy is that? How easy is it for us to forgive those around us? Man and wife, how easy is it for us to forgive the other? My wife says there's there's a couple words that I have a really really hard time saying. Sorry? Please forgive me. I'm sorry. That, that, that acknowledgement that you have done something wrong. As a kid, I had a hard time acknowledging what I did. <laughs> I got reprimanded quite a bit. I understood after the fact. Um, so, you know, forgiveness is so powerful. And yet it's so hard sometimes for us to forgive our neighbor. We'll go to Matthew 18. Matthew 18, verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me? I forgive them till seven times. Jesus saith unto him, I say unto you or unto thee until seven times. 490 times. Therefore, if the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. It's approximately like 11 years of taxes. Verse 25, but for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him, to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had and to pay uh, the payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord, that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him in his debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which he owed him a hundred pence or, or a day's wages. And he laid hands on him and he took him by the throat saying, pay me that you us. And his us. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet, besought him saying, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but he went and cast him into prison though he should be uh, to pay his debt. So when the fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very sorry. And they came and they told unto their Lord all that was done. Then the Lord, after that, he had called him and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desiredest of me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on the fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And the Lord was wroth and delivered him. Uh, to torment, the to tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly father do unto you. If ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother and their trespasses. Church, how many times do we allow what someone has harmed us to fester in our lives? We grab hold of that and we don't want to let it go. We, we grab hold of it and, and it continually comes back and it continually hurts you over and over and over again. God's way is to say, let it go. To forgive them. There's a gentleman in the church that I served at. Um, he and I had a little disagreement That disagreement continued to grow and grow and grow. There came a time when I had to help and work with some of his family. And as I worked with his, his family, I did a funeral for his family member. He came to me after that service. And he hugged me. And he said, I'm sorry. Church, I just began to weep. Because here this man, and we had this disagreement that go on for so long, and the simple act of him coming and grabbing hold of me and saying, I'm sorry. Oh, how wonderful that is. Church, isn't it wonderful when we have the ability to forgive and to let it go? There was a time at at, uh, First Baptist and you probably, many of you know that there was a a hard time that uh, First Baptist went through. Right, Brother Ken? We had a a time that was difficult and um, things were said and actions were made and um, the church was divided. We had an individual that came and preached on forgiveness and after that service, I saw from across the room someone starting to walk towards me. I didn't know anything. I didn't think that we had any problem with each other. But she came to me and she says, Luther, I want to ask forgiveness because I have had hard feelings towards you and some of your actions and what took place. And she said, would you please forgive me? Again, broke my heart. First of all, I didn't know that I offended her. But when she came and she asked forgiveness, man, it just melted me, right? The power of forgiveness is incredible. And church, let not us uh, pull back and, and keep those things in our fists. Jesus has forgiven us. May we also forgive others. So not only do we have the redemption, the power of redemption, the power of forgiveness, but church, as we look at this scripture, we also have the power of grace. We look at there in in, uh, 7 again of of Ephesians 1. In whom we have redemption through the blood, forgiveness of sins, and according to the riches of grace. Romans 3. Twenty-four, being justified freely by his grace through redemption that Christ uh, is in Christ, or redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation or atonement through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remissions of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Oh, how great it is to experience grace! Amen. You didn't deserve it, but God has given it. There's a baseball player named Lou Johnson. Uh, he was a, uh, in 1965, the World Series. He was the hero for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He hit the, the, um, the home run that uh, won the game for them, won the World Series. And uh, so he was a great hero at that moment in 1965. A couple years later, he had tried to rebuy, re- uh, purchase his World Series ring. See, he got into drugs and alcohol and they consumed his life. So he was unable to repurchase his uh, World Series ring. Not only did he lose the World Series ring, but he also lost the uniform that he wore that day. He sold that for for drugs. He also lost his glove and the bat that he used to hit the home run to win the World Series. He had lost it all. The owner of uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers heard that his World Series ring was was going to be put up for auction on the Internet. The owner of the Dodgers went and purchased it and gave it back to Johnson. It took him 30 years of trying to get his ring, and he couldn't accomplish it. Church, there is absolutely nothing we can do in our own strength to purchase God's love. Amen? It is thoroughly through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this situation, how beautiful and wonderful it would have been to, to receive that back, uh, something that he couldn't obtain and someone obtained it for him. Salvation for us cannot be obtained other than the blood of Jesus Christ. We have to experience that wonderful and awesome grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. There was a time that um, I like to... Um, my vehicles go a little faster than what's recorded on the signs sometimes. Um, I know you all don't do that. But um, so um, I had a church meeting. I blamed it on church. I had a church meeting and I was uh, late to get to it. And so I um, went a little faster than normal. And the chief police of the little town outside of Cincinnati, and we knew each other very well, he had to pull me over. And I'm like, I wanted to say, well, I'm going to church. But then the Lord said, just shut up, get your ticket. So I did that and in a small town. See, everybody knows everybody, kind of like around here. And so um, I'm like, well, I'm just going to go before the judge. That was wrong. I should have just paid the ticket. But I, I'm going go to go, I'm just going to go in front of the judge. and <laughs> So. I get there, and the judge is a guy that I played football with in high school. Check. And uh, he looks at me, and he says, what do you guys say for yourself? I said, nothing. I said, I'm sorry. I was guilty. Um, I was going a little fast, and I was trying to get to a meeting. I didn't even say church, by the way. So I'm going to a meeting, and I I said, "I, I deserve it. And he says, okay. And when I went to pay... wiped away. My friend in high school knew who I was and just write it off. That's pretty good, isn't it? It's pretty good to live in a small community. But what it registered to me is that he gave me a little grace. He allowed me, even though I was guilty, I knew that I was guilty. He paid the debt, or he said it's it's, it's wiped away. Old church, Do you understand the grace that has been given to you? How beautiful and wonderful that is. John Newton, a slave ship captain. You've probably heard this story so many times. One day, uh, he stole the whiskey from the ship. Um, He was so drunk, he fell overboard. And one of the shipmates had to harpoon him to bring him back onto the ship. And from that point on, he had a huge scar on his side uh, for the rest of his life. That situation began for him to begin to look at God. And he began to understand the full grace of God. And he sang this song. He wrote this song that we all know so well. Join it with me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that seemed a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. Was blind, but now I see was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did the grace of I first believed. Oh, church, how beautiful that is! Amen. There is nothing in who I am, nothing in who you are, but by the simple grace of God that He loved us so much and sent His Son to die on the cross for us. So, in those times when you're when you're reflecting on things and you're thinking of the negative things. Just pause for just a moment and thank Him for that He redeemed you. Thank Him that He has forgiven you. And by that grace that you experience, you have a relationship with God that can never be taken away. Amen? That because of that grace, because He loves us so much, that He will never allow anything to take you out of His hand. How beautiful and wonderful that is. We think of these things and how powerful God is. And finally, we see the act of discernment. When we look back at Ephesians 1, we look at verse 8. Wherewith he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. The word wisdom, the Greek word is sophia. It emphasizes understanding ultimate things. See, church, through the, the blood of Jesus Christ, through the influence that's in our lives, we can understand the difference of life and death that have Jesus and does not have Jesus. We have the difference of God and man. See, church, our world today has a problem understanding the difference between God and man. See, man is now the focus and it, it is, it is for the man to, to succeed and Time and time again, they're taking God out of our lives. They're trying to. They can't do it. Amen. We have the difference between righteousness and sin. Heaven and there is a hell. Eternity and time. Oh, how awesome it is to know that we've experienced his redemption. We've experienced that forgiveness and we understand his grace. Then we have the wisdom to understand that we will be with him for eternity. How beautiful and awesome is that to understand that there's going to come a time when, yes, we know life and death. And there's going to come a time when we experience death. But it's just the beginning of eternal life for those who know Jesus. How's that going to be? I don't know. I was talking to a gentleman the other day. and We were discussing what it's going to be like. I don't know. How am I going to know you all? I don't know. But we're going to know each other. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we're going to know uh, those who have gone on before us. We're going to know how's that going to happen? I don't know. But through the blood of Jesus Christ, who is a ransom for us, he paid his price. Then we know and we have a wisdom of our eternity, and that is with Jesus Christ. Then we can begin to claim revelation. We can begin to claim that there's not going to be any more pain. There's no crying in heaven. Why? Because God has told us that. We have the wisdom to understand that. And that we will be in his presence forever. Think on these things. Jesus loves you. He sacrificed his life for you. He paid the handsome ransom for you. And I pray this morning that you've accepted that, that ransom. The, I pray that there's a time when you have come to that knowledge that you knew that you were a sinner and needed Jesus. Brother and sister, maybe you're here this morning and you've experienced uh, salvation. You know of his redemption. You know of his forgiveness. You know of his grace. But you've allowed sin. You have chosen sin to allow sin, please understand that right now, at this moment, we can confess and say, Father, please forgive me. Allow me to be righteous and whole with you again. Maybe there's someone here this morning that has never accepted Jesus. And the world will continue to tell you that it's really no big deal. But it's the greatest decision one can ever make in their life. So do you know Jesus this morning? He paid a a handsome price. Jesus went to the cross knowing the pain that he was going to endure. The pain leading up to the cross. He knew what he was going to, to, to experience and yet he did that for you and I. What's your relationship with him today? Do you know him? Is he your redeemer? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are overwhelmed of your love that you have for us. And Lord, I just thank you for those uh, precious brothers and sisters that are here this morning that have experienced you. Lord, maybe someone is here this morning that hasn't. And Lord, I ask and pray that the Holy Spirit would move in them, that they would understand and know that they need salvation. And Lord, that they can experience your grace today. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.